Welcome to Living the Dream Outdoors, the official podcast of Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. We live by the motto, it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. And we live the outdoor lifestyle every day. Whether you're a landowner or dreaming of joining the ranks of those closest to the earth, we're your brothers and sisters of the outdoors. We hunt, we fish, we're stewards of the land, and our Living the Dream team will show you the way to enjoying the land and all the outdoor pursuits it has to offer. Here's your host, Bill Cooper. Did you know that you can mess up a weenie roast? Absolutely. <laughs> you <laughs> you know, said voice of experience. I'm I looking so. right well, at it. <laughs> it's, it's more or less powers of observation because, like, when, when we were, you know, my brother and I growing up, you know, we always, uh, I don't know what caused us to be this way. Uh, there's six of us kids in the family. I'd call you to be lots of ways. <laughs> good Catholic family, you know. Yeah. And uh, my brother and I, of course, you know, we did a lot of stuff, business and stuff together. And, and uh, we had this term we called powers of observation, you know. And this is a whole, this is a skill that's honed simply by just sitting back and watching. And if you just like really key into it, right? So I said that a minute ago, powers of observation. But anyhow, what I was going to say is I've mostly witnessed weenie roasts getting messed up from my powers of observation from sitting back and watching, not necessarily from me messing them oh, up. This I, is, you know. I see, I see. Yeah, I, think, I, I know there's 10,000 listeners out there that are, that are laughing right now because they've been there and done that. Well, you just think back about the t- last time you had a weenie roast, right? And, wow. uh, of course, it's fun, you know, and it's for the kids and all that. We don't want to make too big a deal out of it. But really, the reason that we kind of brought this up today is because, like, cooking over a live fire is a big deal. You know, that's what we do when we're camping and fishing and hunting and wherever we go. Cook you want to hear a live about my fire. last <laughs> I got in trouble with Grandma. That's my wife, Diane, you know. Uh-huh. We have a grandson comes out and spends the summer with us. He's 10 years old. And you know how 10-year-olds are. They won't do anything, man, as long as they get to move around, you know, and have a good time. Well, we got a pretty good-sized fire pit right out. My front of my house looks like a gravel bar, you know, mm-hmm. if you can imagine that. It's got a big fire pit right there, a big steel thing. It's got trout and trout flies oh, cut yeah. into the side. It's really That's cool. Awesome. So we use it a lot. Well, Ronnie and I got the idea to have a big weenie roast, and uh, I went and got an old hay fork. It's got like six. Man, we had 14 <laughs> hot dogs on that thing, you know. Anyway, we start cooking these hot dogs on a old hay fork, you know, and so Diane, she's, where's that thing been? I said, well, last time I used it, I shoveled manure off a wagon out in the garden. Oh, <laughs> right into hot dogs. Well, that's one way to ruin a hot dog roast, isn't it? <laughs> we thought they had a unique flavor. What, what's he, that smell? He ate like six of them, man. <laughs> Dad, gum, I never did that, but, you know, we've made all kinds of contraptions from leaf rakes and shoving them up on there, and, you know, and sticks. You know, you go, we always used to run out to the woods, and we'd find us a live hickory or something, you know, and we'd take a slick limb that was green, you know, and we'd sharpen the end of it or whatever. But then you're down around the gravel bar and you grab grab a dry one off the ground. Been there, done that. <laughs> <laughs> and the end of it burns off and your hot dog falls in the For, thing, right? Oh, man. I think I told you this story before, but I don't think I've ever told it on air. You know, I can remember Case out on the, on the gravel bar and I'm not a big drinker, but some guys like, you know, when it comes to floating and that kind of stuff, uh, they do a little too much drinking. And a little adult beverage. With yeah. Them. And I, I don't know what happened, but uh, a couple of guys got in a little bit of a squabble 
And they're throwing stuff out of her cooler, you know, water bottles and all that stuff. Well, a dude threw the only package of hot dogs we had, about two dozen <laughs> hot dogs. Missed the guy he's throwing at and went right in the fire. Oh, <laughs> man, melted plastic on it oh, and everything. Oh, yeah, it, it was a bad scene. Uh, those guys... Well, they drank more beer then because they didn't have any hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, the thing about it is, is I guess when we're talking about cooking with live fire, you know, I always like to remember my mom, you know, when we was growing up. And, and what we always did, there'd always be a big bonfire, you know, and all the kids from the school would come or whatever, you know. And uh, we'd have this big brush fire going, you know. And at the bottom of that is these trunks. And you just couldn't hardly stand to get up there close oh, to yeah. that you got to have a long stick. part, you know, right there. But there wasn't no fire there, you know. The fire was around it. That's the big fire, you know. Right. And, uh, you know, the kids would always go and grab their stick. And they'd hold it, or the moms and dads was the worst, because, you know, they hold their their sticks over the flames, you know, and they burn the outside of the hot dog, but the inside's not cooked all the way, you know. And mom say, don't do that. That's what my mom always <laughs> said. She said that about everything. Don't. Well, we had two things. Don't do that, and you don't want to do that, right? <laughs> so anyway, she would say, don't do that. And we'd have to go over here, and we'd have to hold it over them hot coals, you know. Well, we figured out, you know, there's a little bit of a temperature difference between them two areas of the fire. Right. So, you know, and these guys always tell me I get too technical. But you do. <laughs> it's my competitive nature, I suppose. Oh, you take the fun right out of a winning rose fight, Cox. <laughs> well, so anyway, we, we learned by mom yelling at us to don't do that. We learned where the hot spot of the fire was, you know, and so we would hold it over the hot coals. We would control the temperature by how far away from the coals we were. So we could get it out there just right, you know, because in my opinion, the best hot dog coming off a hot dog roast is the one that is right at the edge of being black not black it's the one that's got that that bark on it you know but it's not just like black you know oh, man i don't know what to think about you you've never been in the military have you no you never went through survival training do you know that charcoal is one of the greatest cure for it diarrhea is, absolutely you get it on your hot dogs. And hey, how many people have you seen sick out on the river, man? You right. need a charred hot dog. Maybe two or three. Yeah, yeah. So we always but you know the the thing is is like I like to have a I like to have that I don't know, you see that plump the hot dog, the ballpark hot dog will plump and it'll sweat. Mm. I and couldn't have could afford them. Well they're I good. bought them seventy nine cent ones. <laughs> anyway, that's what we always did is we I like when anytime I'm cooking something over a live fire, I like to think about, you know, how high up it is off the fire, you know, and then control my coal bed. And you do the same thing for Dutch oven cooking. When you're doing a Dutch oven. You make yourself. Are you a, cooking hot dogs in a Dutch oven? No, but you, I did bratwurst one time, and I got to tell you, it was bratwurst and onions, and uh, I don't put a Sam bad. Adams in there, oh. just a whole Sam Adams. You do it get, just right; it turns into syrup the with yep. the onions. Yeah, unreal. Wow. But what we do is we put, we take a little piece, a little pile of the coals, because if we're baking a cake, or we're baking a, a cobbler. Or we're making chicken pot pie or mac and cheese. It's getting better all the time. Anything you can think of in the Dutch oven. Biscuits. We don't want them to be burnt. You know, I, so now, we, you finally hit a point that I agree with you <laughs> on. <laughs> we don't need no char on that or bark. Right. So we take a shovel. I always got a little handy shovel just right. to, or scoop or something. And then you take a little bed of coals and you set it there and you set your oven on it. And then you take more coals and set it on top of the lid. Now we got that oven effect just like in the in the regular oven and we get brown bottom and top 
uh-huh. and you just control the the heat in the Dutch oven by how much coals you got. Right? Have you right. done it that way before? Oh yeah, you even put coals yeah. on top of the lid. Yeah, on the evens lid. Evens the heat yep. out. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Yeah. Man, some of the best eating I've ever had has been over a live fire with like cast iron involved somehow. You know, Dutch oven or cast iron is way mm-hmm. underrated. Now you take a lot of the old timers, you know, that hey, they cooked at home on that mm-hmm. stuff, you know. But the guys that are out camping, if if you're floating down the river and you see a camp and they've got cast iron, you better Stop. pull over. <laughs> Those guys know what they're it's doing. Likely <laughs> that they know what they're doing, especially if they got a little can. You know, like we always saved we still do. My wife and I, we keep a green bean can or something, you know, take the label off. And that's where all the bacon, we keep every bit of that bacon grease. And if they've got a little can sitting handy close by like that, then, you know, they probably got bacon grease in it, you know. And so whatever they're cooking is going to be that Get much a little bit of better. bacon grease. <laughs> oh, yes, I, I do that as well at home. I keep that bacon grease in in the fridge. And, uh, hey, I just made ham and beans the mm-hmm. other day. Guess what went in that ham and beans? A little bit of that bacon grease. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know yourself, if you're you're in the outdoors, whether I talk about floating down the rivers a lot because that's a major passion of mine. I love cooking on the river. I actually did a column for ten years called the Gravel Bar Gourmet. Yeah, Bay. yeah, you did. But I found out, and I learned this from some other guys. I didn't wasn't smart enough to figure this out by myself. But I was in a camp one time. The guys had several smaller cast iron pots. They was cooking different uh, things in, but that smoke. And we all try to use good oak, you know. Yep, oak. Makes good coals, and you get that good aroma. Well, that winds up in your food as well. Yeah, and, you know, that's something I meant to hit on, too, is what kind of wood you use when you're cooking. Is You know, like, you don't want to use cedar. You don't want to use pine. <laughs> it's nasty. You, you say that you for know, the carp. <laughs> well, yeah. You know, I had a uh, I had a thing one time. I, a guy told me that they made this t- kind of tea called – it's a Chinese thing. It's called – Lips sang something kind of tea, right? Lip sang shushong tea or something like there that. There you go. And uh, I was, they told me it was, it tasted like a campfire and marshmallows is what it tasted like. And I was like, surely not. So I, I ordered a little thing off Amazon. Came, you know, from Twinnings, they make all the different kinds of tea. I'll be dang if that didn't taste just like a wet sack of pine needles <laughs> on the campfire. I mean, it was nasty. I can't say it, I've ever eaten a wet sack of pine needles. It definitely <laughs> tasted like a campfire. I couldn't believe it. So that's what you don't want to use is pine. <laughs> oh, exactly. Because it's just na- evergreen trees and stuff like that are just nasty when they get on a fire. Um, I never tried anything like sycamore or walnut, but in the barbecue world, we don't use those. Right. Well, the sycamore is not actually too bad, but if it's very dry, it's going to burn like paper. And the walnut will Mm -hmm. put an odor into your food that you do not want. Yeah, it's bad as well. And, uh, you know, but one thing I have tried is uh, sassafras and mulberry. Hmm. And if you blend those with oak... It cuts them down a little bit, and you get a real interesting flavor. I wouldn't use them straight, though. But hickory, oak, apple, you know, those kind of trees are the best. Uh, There's all different kinds of hickory and all different kinds of oak. And, you know, as a matter of fact, today we're down here at beautiful Westover Farms again. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're we're at a uh, little kind of a, what is this thing we're at right here? Just a It's a Living the Dream Outdoor Properties Land Agents meeting and, yeah. and training you know and we get to do the fun stuff i don't know mm-hmm. if you heard the i gave a little speech a few minutes ago I did. you know i was, I was <laughs> patting them on back big time they get out there and work hard and make all this money and we get to have the fun that's you know? right yeah get out and run around hunting and fish and talk about it well i was thinking whenever i first got here mark i think is his name uh he's a he's a tree 
specialist. Right, right. And he was talking about all – I mean, he was naming off kinds of hickory that I I thought was all the same. I guess it's no, not. No, there's a lot of there's varieties. A, there's a ton. I thought there was uh, shag bark, mocker nut, and, and uh, pig nut, you know, is what right. I always thought. But I guess there's like five or six other kinds around There are, here. and there's like 56 varieties of, yeah. of oaks, I think. Yeah. And, uh, the, you know, the white oaks and the black oak. I, I was waiting for him to give, you know, I used to be in a park interpreter and you're trying to explain to kids, you know, the difference between the white oak and black oak. And of course, those programs always <laughs> done in the summertime. They had their leaves on them. I said, hey, you know, look at the white oak. The leaves have got the round, round lobes. Think about cowboys and the round yeah, and bullets. Yeah. The, the red oaks and black oaks have pointy leaves. I said, that, that's the Indians, you know, mm-hmm. red yeah. Indians. Yeah. And they'd remember it that way. Yeah. And, you know, the, the thing is, is they all do taste different. As they far do. as the oaks do, you know, as, at least in a cooking sort of a situation, because, um, you know, I, I cut all the different kinds of, the three different kinds of oak off my place. My favorite is blackjack oak. That's tough stuff. It's tough stuff. And it, It'll but it, throw sparks when you cut it with your chainsaw. <laughs> it will, too. But I tell you, that, that flavor and a post oak kind of flavor, those two are great on mixed with anything. Red oak's a lot more wet. Right. A lot more smoky. Right. Um, it's it's not it's not going to be a good mild. mosquito fire. Yeah, yeah, it does <laughs> <laughs> for sure. But anyway, yeah, if you ain't ever if you ain't ever paid attention to nothing else but burnt hot dogs when you're cooking on a campfire, you know, let's slow down a little bit and just kind of think about like where's the heat source and then get have some better food. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I tell you what, Cox, you got to go on an overnight float trip for you, and we can have a battle of the wars. There on, you go <laughs> on the gravel bar, boy. But we'd have to judge each other's food, and then we'd both be like, "Ah, that ain't no good." <laughs> <laughs> well, I, t- I tell you what, we can laugh all we want to, but you and I both, we've made a lot of good meals in the outdoors, mm. and man, that's just a part of living this dream. It really know? is. And uh, fortunately, we get to do it almost every day. Yeah, we got to do the hard labor. of putting programs together, yeah. meeting deadlines and all that <laughs> stuff. But uh, we do. We have a great time uh, all the way through and just try not to get to too stressed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if I get stressed, I just go outside and let my fire in that fire ring and char me a hot dog. That's right. And just relax. <laughs> <laughs> Kick back. Hey, folks, we hope you enjoyed it. It's Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast. I'm Bill Cooper for Frank Cox. The Living the Dream Outdoors Podcast is brought to you by Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. Cowtown USA, Alps Outdoors, Scenic Rivers Taxidermy, and the Fly Rod Journals. Land ownership is the American dream. Land is the basis of all life. Our wise use of this most precious of resources ensures the survival and growth of free institutions and our American way of life. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we value the traditions and freedoms that land provides us. Every day we seek the solace of a mountain sunrise over traffic jams and smog, the calming silence of a bubbling stream over the sirens of the city, and the quiet of the countryside over the hustle and bustle of the world. We hunt, we fish, we farm, we live off the land. It's our mission to help our clients live out their dreams on the land as we do. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we believe that it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. Join us five days a week on Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast as the Living the Dream Outdoor Dream Team explores the most desired outdoor properties in the Midwest and whisks you away to incredible hunting, fishing, and outdoor recreation opportunities.
Host Bill Cooper, an inductee of the National Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame, will be joined by members of the Living the Dream Outdoors team each week as they tell tall tales, unveil tips and tactics, and rub elbows with some of the biggest names in the outdoor world. You'll also find the Living the Dream Outdoors podcast on your favorite social media platforms, including Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok.